I appreciate the opportunity of being your speaker tonight. I hope you enjoy it. The, the lesson I've chosen is decisions. I don't know if any of you ever had to make a decision, but I make decisions every day. And I know decisions have to be made, and all the decisions that people make are not exactly right. I know that people have made decisions and they go back and they say, well, I wished I could make that decision again. It wouldn't be the same. I know that my dad used to have words. He said, if I could do that over again, I would do it different. June 26th of 2015, our U.S. Supreme Court, they made a decision on same-sex marriage. And this decision by the judicial system, our governor said that whatever the decision is made, that we would go along with it. Well, they made that decision. There was five counties that did not go along immediately, and one of those counties was Warren County. Warren County was one of the last to attend to that decision, same-sex marriage. Now, I know that when Judgment Day comes, that we're going to all be judged, as Romans says. We're going to be judged by the word of the Bible. We're going to be judged by the deeds that we've done in our body. John 12, 48 He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him, and the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. We're going to be judged by the Bible. Our government's going to be judged. They're going to stand on the record of the decision that they made. We're going to be standing on the decisions that we made. Our decisions have to be according to God's word. We're going to be judged by God's word. We're not going to be judged by what we think, by what someone has told us, but John 12, 48 states that we will be judged by His Word. So it's important today to know that when we make decisions, that we make decisions that are in accordance with the Word of God. I preached at a congregation for 16 years, and a man had been married over 50 years, and He said, Brother Gann, I've not made a decision yet. And I said, well, I find that hard to believe. He said, when I got married, I told my wife before we got married that she could make all the decisions except a major decision. And so far, there's not been a major decision come up. So I don't know if any of you are like that, but Certainly we all have to make decisions. You have to make a decision whether you'll come here to worship. You have to make a decision who you're going to marry. You have to make a decision where you're going to work. All through life you're going to have to make decisions. But our decisions should be based upon God's Word. The meaning of making a decision is to make up one's mind. You have to make up your mind. You have to stick with what you've got made in your mind. That's a firm decision. Now, I know a lot of decisions that I've seen people say, I wish I hadn't made that, but it's too late. 
Sometimes those decisions can't be undone. I work for Durham School Services. I'm a supervisor over the mechanics. Every bus that leaves out of that bus garage, every light works. Back in 2009, there was a school bus being operated on the old Shovel Road. The eight-way amber lights did not work. The eight-way red lights did not work. The stop sign did not work. A tragic accident happened. A first grader was killed. He was hit by an oncoming car coming out to get on his bus. A school bus is the safest vehicle that's on the road. There are several tests that are given to drivers when they take a test for a school bus driver. But that young boy, his life cannot be brought back. The decision was made by the supervisor to operate that bus. The bus driver knowingly went ahead and operated the bus. That was a tragic accident. That was the wrong decision. My decisions are today, if any light's out on that bus, it's put out of service. A sub-bus is in its place. We don't run buses with the lights out. Even though it may be a dash light, we still replace that bus with another one. We have to make the right decisions. Elijah was here and he said, why do you limp between two opinions? In other words, you've got to make up a decision. Who is God? Is Baal your God? And those people, they had the idea that they would call on Baal as their God. But Elijah made this proposition to them. He said, you take one bullock, we'll take one bullock, you take wood, cut your wood, you put your wood in its order, and then you take the bullock, dress it, cut it up, put it on the wood, put no fire under it, but let your God answer by fire. Well, those people, they kept waiting and waiting, and soon noon came and nothing happened. Well, they took knives and began to cut themselves. And Elijah said, well, maybe your God is pursuing. Maybe he's asleep. Still nothing happened. They called on their God till evening. Baal didn't answer. But Elijah took the wood, the bullock, and he dressed it, put it on the altar, repaired the altar, put the twelve stones to the twelve tribes of Jacob. And then he told the people, take four barrels of water and pour on that. And he said, do it the second time. Do it the third time. And then water began to run out in a trench. And then he called on God and God answered by fire. It consumed the wood, the bullock, God answered. But Baal never answered. They took the prophets of Baal and killed them at Kishon. Those people had made a wrong decision. They thought Baal was their God. They called on him from morning till night. But he never answered. 
People have to make a decision today to become a Christian. I made a decision in 1968, July. Most people say, boy, he's a, this, this man's pretty old. But 1968, in July, I made a decision to obey the gospel. And I stuck with that decision. I preached the gospel. I've taught classes. But that was my decision. You have a decision to make before you leave this building. You'll decide to follow Jesus or you'll decide to follow Satan. That's the only way it can be. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we find in the very beginning where two had the opportunity to make a decision. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now that's not exactly what God said. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, it says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now that's what God said. God said, if you eat of it, you'll surely die. But he didn't say anything about if you touch it. The woman added those words. Sometimes people add to the Word of God. It's easy to add to it. It's easy to subtract from it. But if you add to it, the plagues that are written in this book will be added unto you. And if you take out of this book, your part will be taken out of the holy city. We don't have any authority to add or to take away from God's Word. God's Word should be preached just as it is. But Satan, he lied to Eve. He said that you'll surely die. He went on to say, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. In other words, if you eat of this tree, Eve, you're surely not going to die. But that was what God said that you would. Well, it's true. God spoke the truth. Satan was a liar. And if you'll go into the New Testament, John chapter 6, verse 44, says, You're of the father of the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, who would want to follow a liar? I know a lot of people in the world, and the majority, according to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, the Bible tells us that the majority of people are going to be lost, and the minority are going to be saved. Well, if the, if the majority are going to be lost, the majority of people today are following the liar, the devil. Now, why would you want to follow a liar? He cannot give what he said. He was a murderer from the beginning. And the Lord said he was a liar. The Lord said he abode not in the truth. Now, according to that, you look back, what did it cost Eve? 
Well, it cost death. Death was passed upon all men. We all are going to die. It happened just like God said it would. She chose to listen to Satan. Not only that, she gave to her husband and he did eat also. Now, if you go a little farther, that was a wrong decision that Eve made. Everyone agrees that Eve, she made the wrong decision. She listened to Satan. She was listening to a liar. Now, we come to Genesis the 13th chapter, verses 9 through 13. This is talking about Abraham. Abraham and Lot, they had a lot of cattle. And there was no room for all their animals to run together. And their herdsmen, there was a problem. And it says, Not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will take the right. Or if thou wilt take the right hand, then I will take the left. You see how easy that Abraham was to get along with? Abraham simply told Lot, If you'll go to the right, I'll go to the left. Either way you want to go. But Lot was a little bit different. Lot wasn't as free-hearted as his good uncle Abraham. Now, it says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. You see, Lot was a man that was looking out for himself. He seen the well-watered plains and he said, well, that's good, that's going to be water for my cattle, that's going to be grass. And so he went on down there. But according to the Bible, as it later reads, he made a mistake. He went there, he lived, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. That was his mistake. He made a wrong decision. His decision can't be redone. He lost his cattle. He lost his wife. She looked back and was turned to a pillow of salt. All that came out was him and his two daughters. What a tragic loss. It can't be changed. But that's his decision. That's the decision that he made to live with. Friends, you're going to make a decision to live with before you leave this building. If you're lost... You're going to make a decision to stay in a lost condition or you're going to make a decision to obey the gospel or to repent of your sins. That's the way life really is. Life is very brief, but time passes very quickly. Samson, he was another man that made a wrong decision. As you read in Judges, the 16th chapter, Verses 4 through 21. Here Samson thought that he loved this woman. He had fell in love with her. And that she just kept on trying to find out where his strength lied. And she kept on and on with him. If you'll bind me with wits, well, that didn't work. She called the Philistines. They came out. And those wits, they just was broken. He said, if you'll bind me with new ropes. Well, Philistines was called again on him. 
He went out, defeated the Philistines. New ropes didn't work. Said, if you take a pen, put it in the seven locks, the weaves of my hair, I'll be like other men. But when she called the Philistines, he just got up and went on out. Well, then he finally told all of his heart to Delilah. He said, if you'll shave my head, I've been a Nazarite from birth. He said, I'll lose my strength, in other words. And that's exactly what happened. But he went out. He thought he could shake himself, as the Scripture says, and defeat the Philistines. But he didn't. They took him. They put out his eyes. They took him to the prison, to the mill, to grind, to be a slave. What a tragic decision that he made. He lost his eyesight and later lost his life. All because of a decision over a woman. He made the wrong decision. If you go to the New Testament, you can turn to Luke the 15th chapter, and you can find another man that made a wrong decision, and that was the prodigal son. There was a father that had two sons. This younger son, he wanted his inheritance. His father divided his inheritance. He went and left home a few days later. He went out into a far country. He wasted his inheritance. He became hungry and want. He joined himself to some people there where he was in that country. And a man took him and hired him and put him out to feed swine, pigs. And he found himself out there feeding the swine and the pigs and eating the same thing they eat, those huffs. And if you like to eat them, they taste a little bit like chocolate. And they're still in Manhattan, New York. But that's what he was eating. And he realized, he said, in my father's house, he's got hired servants. They've got food to spare. They've got food to eat. And he realized right then that he made a wrong decision. And he wanted to redo things in which he could. There was another man that we have an account of in Matthew, the 19th chapter, verse 22. This man is known to us as the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? Well, Jesus answered his question very shortly. He said, just keep the commandments. And he said, I've kept these from my youth up. What like I yet? And the Lord told him, he said, one thing and you'll be perfect. Go and sell what you have and give it to the poor. And you'll be perfect. That's all you got to do, rich young ruler. You've just got to give up your wealth. You've got to turn loose of your worldly goods. Love not the world, neither things that are therein. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all those other worlds, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. You see, he loved the world. He wouldn't give up his riches. He kept it. He hung on to them. He made a wrong decision. He didn't follow the Lord. People are doing the same thing today. They love the riches of this life. 
I'd like to tell you about some right decisions that people made in the Bible. There was Moses. Moses was a proper child. Moses was hid by his parents. But yet, he was found one day by Pharaoh's daughter. As she was bathing, she noticed a young child that had been hid. But Moses made up his mind in Hebrews chapter 11, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hebrews 11.24 Now, Moses could have said, Here, look here, I am Pharaoh's grandson. I will be Pharaoh one day. I will be over all the people. I will have everything. People will answer to me. What great privilege that he could have had. But he that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't His plan. He made the right decision. He went to choose to suffer affliction with God's people than to enjoy pleasures for a short season. You know, sin doesn't last. This world doesn't last. Everything comes to an end. One day this world will pass away with a great noise and all the elements herein and will be burned up with fervent heat, just like the Bible says. Each day we're getting closer to the judgment. And by the decisions that our government is making, by the decisions that people are making in this world, they're not the best. Joshua, he made a great decision. His people, as far as his house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why can't people make that same decision today? You know, he told you that you could serve the Amorites, you could serve the gods on the other side of the flood, according to Joshua 24, verse 15. You could serve them. But as for me and my house, we're not going to do that. We're going to serve the Lord. That can be your decision. And that should be your decision. That should be everyone's decision that is sitting in a pew here tonight that you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord. Because friends, if you don't, you're serving Satan. The prodigal son... As we read about in Matthew in Luke, the 15th chapter, at verse 18, you know, this prodigal son, he came to himself when he was out there and he said, This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back home and I'm going to say to my father, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of your hired servants. Now, that's the decision that he came to. I'm going back home. You know, thinking about going back home, you're going to see your father, you're going to meet him down the road, and he's going to tell you what a great failure you was. You went out and wasted everything you had. But that wasn't the way it was, was it? No, he took him right back in. He put him right back where he was, in his place, because he loved him, because that was his son. You're God's child. I'm God's child. God will take you back. He will take you and put you in the same place. 
You know, people don't have to leave this old world in a lost condition. They can leave here in a saved condition. If anybody's lost, it's not going to be the Lord's fault. It's not going to be the angels in heaven. It's not going to be Satan's fault. It's going to be yours. It'll rest on your shoulders. You're the one that makes the decision what you're going to do, how you're going to live your life. The great Apostle Paul, according to Acts chapter 9, he, he was on the Damascus Road. He was on his way to persecute Christians, take their lives. He had letters, everything in hand. But as he went down that Damascus Road, there was a great light that shined about that man, struck him to the ground, blinded him. He got up, he couldn't see. But the other man that was with him, they could. They took him by the hand and they led him into the city. And there was a man that was by the name of Ananias had had a vision to go and talk to this man. And Saul later became Paul, one that obeyed the gospel. It was hard to kick against the pricks. That's what the Lord told him. He was a chosen vessel and he was going to declare the Lord's name. And that's the life that Paul lived. But when Paul finished his journey here upon this earth, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Paul left here as a Christian. He fought the good fight, the Christian fight. He finished his course, and his reward is in heaven. You know, it would be wonderful if everyone could do the same thing. But there are so many today that make tragic mistakes. The Lord said in Revelation 3, verse 20, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him, to him, and with him sup, and with him with me. You know, what a privilege that is to be with the Lord. What a grand opportunity that you have to go home to be with the Lord. The plan that is simple that Christ has for man to obey is to hear the gospel, the gospel plan of salvation. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. You're here tonight. You've heard the gospel. We ask you to believe that gospel. Hearing is the first step. Secondly, you must believe the Word of God. You must believe it with all of your heart. You must repent of your sins. Turn away from them. And then you must confess Christ, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. If you'll confess me before men... Him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But He give you the ultimatum. If you deny me, Him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. You have the opportunity to stand and confess Christ. You have the opportunity to be buried in the waters of baptism. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. You know, you could change that scripture. He that believeth and is baptized shall receive $10,000.
you know, most people would understand that comes to money. They'd take that. They'd say, yes, I'm baptized. I want my $10,000. But he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Preacher, I, I, I just can't believe that. Well, that's the truth. You see, if you're not baptized, you're not a Christian. You're not a child of His. If you're at the age of accountability, your need is to obey the gospel. If you're here tonight, you've obeyed the gospel, you've erred from the truth, you have the opportunity to come home. Repent of your sins. James says in chapter 5, verse 16, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Luke 15, 7. Likewise, there shall be joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over 99 just that need no repentance. Why don't you make things right? Why don't you make the right decision tonight? Decide to follow Jesus or decide to come back home while you have the time and the opportunity. If you're subject to the invitation in any way, we encourage you to come while together we stand, while we sing.